Praise the Lord. Amen. Man, I'm telling you what, there is no way we could sing that. There's no way we can mean what we're actually singing and stay the same. Can we? You can't be the same. Th things will never be the same, man. When you, when you come to the living God, the spirit of the living God starts to take over you and fill you, man. When you start to recognize, wait a second, there really is a God, all right? When you start to recognize he really is alive, when you start to recognize Jesus ain't dead, his bones ain't decaying. And so when you start to recognize that, there's no way you can be the same, man. Come on, man. Are you you with me? Come on, this is what I'm talking about. There just ain't no way. I keep hearing everybody, man. A lot of people, man, I just keep talking about, you know what I mean? Because of what's been going on over how they just want things to get back to normal, right? You know what I mean? We just want things to be the same again, back as usual, man. Can, can we go back to the way things were, man? And, and I know what everybody means, man, but my question is, man, is that even possible? Is that even possible? The whole world, all right, for the first time in our lives has, is experiencing the same thing, man, and is going through the same thing and has been experiencing the same thing. The whole world, all right, for all, all at once. How in the world are we going to go back to the way things used to be? All right, there's just no, no turning back. There just ain't no turning back, man, but, I'm, but, but do you really want to? You know, I want challenges to this morning, man. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's only forward. There's only ever forward, man, with this earned memory, all right, from what's behind, from the things that have taken place in the past. We, we move forward with this, uh, with this earned M M M <laughs> Emory's on my mind. Way to go, homegirl. All right? With this earned memory of what's behind us. All right? This happens to us all the time. All right, this is nothing new, man. Things change in the world, and we, we think we want to go back to the way things were, man, but we have to recognize this as time to learn. And, we, and, you know, and so we come to this place to where we're either going to, we're, we're either going to the, the, the claim, you know, own the position of learned or claim the title of a knotted head. Of a knotted head, man. Check this out a while back. All right, me and a little homeboy, he, you know, we're, we're, we were doing some work. He came over to help me do some work in my backyard, right? And we put in this dog kennel, all right? And I thought it would be a good idea to put some wood chips in this dog kennel. I've come to find out that's not really a great idea, but you know, at the time, it seemed like a great idea. So I had a big old load of wood chips, man, and, and we're loading it in this wheelbarrow, and we're wheelbarrowing it into this dog kennel, and we're dropping it off. My homeboy's bringing it in, man, and I'm, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like uh, you know, just kind of evening it out. And, and as he's bringing it in, dude, all right, you're coming in to, this, to, to, the, to the entrance of the dog kennel, and there's a bar right here. And little homie, man, he's coming in, and then bam, hits his head on the bar. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, there's a bar right there. He's like, I know, man, all right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, bro. So he, he, he goes back out and, 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 and he's getting another wheelbarrow load and, I, and he's coming back and sure enough, bam, hits it again. I'm like, homeboy. He's like, I know. All right. So I don't know. So the third time he goes and grabs another wheelbarrow load. He's coming back in and he stops. 
I said, yeah, right. On his way back out, bam, hits it again. I'm like, dude, let me do it. Let me do it. I'll do it. You, you spread it out, brother. You spread it out. I'll get the wheelbarrow, all right? I got this. You keep spreading. Boom, I hit my head, all right? <laughs> We're like, just forget it. These dogs are on their own. All right, right? I mean, I mean, it's like, I was like done with it, but, but you know how many times have, have we done this? How many times have we not learned? All right, how many times, man, have we been given good instruction and even experienced the instruction and the outcome, and yet we still keep bumping our heads, we keep going back? Well, I'm trying to tell you, man, I don't know that there is any going back. So I have a question for you this morning, and throughout this sermon, I'm going to refine this question as it gets, you know, we get to the end of this sermon, but here it is. I'll put it up on the screen. How can we use the educational experience of yesterday, whether good or bad experiences, how can we use the educational experience of yesterday to prepare us today to step into tomorrow with purpose and intention? All right, think about that. How can we? This is our job, man. Here we are. All right, here's our, here's our. How can we use this educational experience of yesterday, whether good or bad experiences, or the crazy stuff that's taking place, or really, really cool stuff that's been taking place? How can we use that, that, that learned experience, that earned experience, that earned knowledge? How can we use that to prepare us right now, the stuff of yesterday, to prepare us today to move forward? into the future, all right, to step in tomorrow with purpose and with intention. We're, we're, at, the, we're at the final piece of this letter that we've been written by, that, we, that we've been reading um, by First Peter, the first letter of Peter, First Peter, whatever you want to call it, the first epistle of Peter, whatever you want to call it, man, whatever it's called. But it was a letter written by the apostle Peter, the homeboy that used to kick it with Jesus real, real tight. It was like his right hand man and stuff like that, all right? Always putting his foot in his mouth, man, but, you know, we learned a lot from Peter throughout this series, right? And we're, we're coming to the end of this letter, all right? And Peter, at the end of this letter, man, all right, he's going to challenge us, all right, to continually look back so we don't have to continually fall back. You know what I'm saying? To continually look back so we don't have to continually lose all that ground that we've gained from that earned experience, and that walk with Christ. He wants to challenge us to keep looking back, to remind ourselves the things that God has told us. You see, because God's speaking to you every day, the question is, are you picking up the phone? Right? There it is. You know what I mean? And, and here's another thing. God is speaking to you all day. My question is, are you hanging up the phone like you're done with the conversation? Or are you leaving it on, you know, off the hook so, so, so you can keep talking? You ever talk to somebody while they're on the phone? You know, hold on, I'm going to set this down, put it on speaker, and you're doing stuff, man. You get caught up, then they're getting doing stuff, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're still talking. All right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? You don't hang up, man, because it's important. You, you love hanging out and talking with that, with that person. I mean, you're just chopping it up all day long, all right? And still, you know, this is how God wants to roll with you. He wants to chop it up with you all day long. The question is, we got the phone, are we answering the phone, are we hanging it up, all right? He's trying to talk, man. And, and, and these things that he's saying, he wants you to remember. The psalmist, Psalm, uh, uh, I think it's 119.11, uh, uh, David says, man, I've hidden your words in my heart so that I might not sin against you. I've taken those things that you've said to me, I keep looking back so I don't fall back. That's what he's saying, man. He's saying, look, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay right here with you. And so we're in these last three verses First uh, Peter chapter five, if you want to turn there, right? If you, you know, if you want to turn there, if you have a Bible, turn there. I don't care if you want to or not. That's where we're at. 
All right, we're gonna put this, we're gonna put the words up here. You'll be able to see it. All right, and so if you have an app, just go there, man. You need to check this stuff out for yourself. We're at that part of those letters, though. If, you, if you're a Bible person and you read the Bible every once in a while, right? Or if you read it consistently, we're at that part of those letters, some of those letters where he starts just, you know, giving shout out to some of the homeboys and stuff like that, some of the homegirls. He's like, hey, check this out, my homie Sylvanius and whatnot, and my homeboy Mark, you know what I mean? And we, we start reading those, those parts of the letter and we start losing interest, man. We're like, is this even inspired? He's just, he's just giving some shout outs, man. I don't even know if I'm feeling this, but I think we need to pay attention because every bit of the word of God is the word of God and it's there for a reason. And I think we're going to be able to prove it today because it's really, really cool. First Peter chapter 5, verses 12, 13, and 14. Let's pray. Father, we give you the praise. We give you the honor and we give you the glory, Lord God. This is your word. And we're just praying, Lord God, that you would lead us in your word. All right? We're going to look at just a little bit of words, but I believe you have a lot to say in just a little. And so we're just going to pray, Lord God, that you would help us understand for your glory, Lord God, we just give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So check out verse 12. Mm-hmm. He says, by Sylvanius, and it's not a TV set, but check this out, it's a homeboy, all right? And his name, anybody remember those TVs? Sylvania, all right? So um, he says, by Sylvanius, all right? A faithful brother. Now, now he's, he, he gives a shout out for this guy, right? He, he puts this guy, uh, Sylvanius, on blast. In the scriptures, you also might see a guy named Silas. It's the same guy, Sylvanius, Silas. They used a lot of aliases in the scriptures. It kind of makes me wonder about stuff. You know what I mean? But anyways, um, is by Sylvanius, all right? This dude who used to be, who, who used to be a different dude, but is now one of my dudes, all right? This guy right here he used to be a different guy, but now he's one of my guys, all right? Peter is saying, you know what? I know this guy. He wasn't always a follower of Christ, man, but now he is a follower of Christ, and he is sold out. He is a faithful brother, and what he's saying right here is basically, you know what? He doesn't fall. He, you know, he's doing his best not to fall back. Every once in a while, we might fall back, but if we keep looking back, we fall back less is what I'm saying, all right? And so he's saying, this is my bro, uh, Sylvanius. He's a faithful brother. This is what, how I regard him. All right. And Peter's saying, just take my word for it. You know what I mean? If you haven't met him yet, you know, he's telling some of the people he's writing to recognize this. And so I want to challenge us, man. Are we a faithful brother? Are we a faithful sister? You know what I mean? Can we be challenged? Can we, can we be described? Would the apostle Peter describe us? And what will it take for us to be described? If not, or if so, what will it take to be described as, as this faithful brother or this faithful sister? He says, by Sylvanius, a faithful brother, as I regard, I've written briefly to you this, this, this letter, these five chapters of this letter, 1 Peter. It's a small letter, but it's jam-packed. We've been in it for how many months now? Anybody know? Nobody knows. Me neither. <laughs> I don't know either. All right? I was just seeing if anybody else knew, man, but we've been in it for a minute, all right? And so, and so now we're, we're winding down, and we're ringing it out because we're in these last three verses, and we're like, is this how we're going to roll? He says, but I've written briefly to you, you know, continually teaching and, and preaching that this right here is the true grace of God. So stand firm in it. This gospel life that I've been preaching that is only made possible by the gospel of Jesus Christ. This gospel-centered life that he has been preaching throughout this letter that without the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ would not be exist, would, would, would be non-existent, would be useless. Without the fact that, that, that God, all right, himself all right, was born of a woman. You know, God, all right, sent his only son, God himself, God incarnate, God in the flesh, all right, was born among mankind, all right, and raised up, 
all right? And experienced life the same way we experienced life, only did not sin, and right, and then began to teach and began to do many miracles. And I'm not talking about what, what, what's just in the scriptures. There are a lot of different people who have taken note, all right, of this Jesus, all right? This Jesus who did all these miracles is not just in the scriptures. There are, there are many historians. What do historians do? They see something, they write it down. They see something and they write it down. That's how we get our testimony. And there's all kinds of people who weren't even Christians who saw this Jesus and wrote down some of the stuff that he said. Josephus is one of the main ones. It was pretty amazing. So all kinds of different, uh, you know, Tacitus, Lucius, all kinds. I can't, we can go somewhere else with all that, but... Stop. Okay, ready? What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, check this out. This gospel-centered life, all right, that was seen, that was written down. This life, man, that we've seen Jesus, man, just, he, he was the sin, he, he is the gospel, he was sent, he, he, he lived, he, he died for your sin and for my sin, he was buried, and he rose again. Now, this is the crazy part of our story. The question is, do you own this part of the story? He died, he was buried, he rose again. This cat right here, man, said, you know what? He actually predicted his own death. He said, you know what? I'm gonna die. And we all say, yeah, well, all of us are gonna die. No, I'm gonna be killed. Well, some of us might, that might happen. You know, but no, I'm gonna be killed. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in the ground three days and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna get up. Okay, well, nobody's ever done that, <laughs> right? He pulled it off. I'm following that guy, all right? So you know what I mean? And so that's, that's exactly what happened. And then, and then he kicked it again for about another 30 days, ascended into heaven, sent us his Holy Spirit to empower us to be able to live this impossible life, this impossible gospel-centered life. And he is coming back. He is coming back. I'm telling you right now. Praise the Lord. That's the craziness. That's our, that's our, that's our craziness, man. They're like, you guys are crazy. Yeah, we are but we're also crazy right. Praise the Lord, amen. This gospel-centered life, he says, this is the true grace of God. I want you to stand firm in this. Stand, stand firm. All right, how do you stand firm? Because you look back so you ain't got to fall back. What did he say? Put it in front of you. What did he say? Put it in front of you. What did he say? Commit to it and live this life with purpose and intention. If we were to sum up everything we have been talking about this whole series, we could sum it up with this phrase. You can't just claim the title of Christian, follower of Christ, believer, uh, gospel-centered, living person, whatever. You can't just claim that title. You must own the position. We got to own the position. We got to own this. All right, we got to own this. Because right, when you do, you will understand some of the things that we have been talking about. All right, you'll understand that, that who or what you worship will determine how you live. You'll understand that. You'll understand that who or what you worship will determine how you live. You'll understand also that not all suffering is, 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 is sent to you as a test from God, but all suffering will put your faith to the test. You'll understand that not all suffering is to test your faith, but all suffering will, will, will put your faith to the test. You have to recognize that. And you'll also understand that just as God would put your faith to the test, all right, he, he also challenges you and invites you and welcomes you to put his word to the test. Amen. When you own the position, man, when you don't just claim the title, you start recognizing these truths, man, that God has called you and me to be holy. 
And we're like, what? Not holier than everybody. Not like I'm better than you and I'm better than you. Get that out of your head. Holiness serves, all right? Holiness gets down and says, let me lift you up. Let me help you up, man. Jesus himself says, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Right? Holy, he says, he says, be holy. And we look at that and we're like, how in the world am I going to do this? But we recognize that the closer I get to Jesus, if I would just get closer and closer and closer to Jesus, the more I get to know God and the easier it is to be like him because he gives me his spirit so I can do that. All right. But we've also come to recognize another truth that is pretty glaring, but we try to avoid it. And is you cannot expect to bear the name of Christ Jesus and not expect to bear the sufferings of Christ. You can't, you can't expect that, man. And so I'll just put this up there. This is a quote, but I kind of refined it from last week. If you view and accept this life as a hit or miss life, well, you're going to miss more than you're going to hit. And so we challenged you last week. Stay humble. Stay engaged in the fight because there's a fight. There's always a fight. Spiritual battle. And stay close. Why? Because the devil, your enemy, your adversary, prowls around like a roaring lion, just seeking someone to devour, just coming after you to keep you from looking back. When situations come in front of you and you're confronted with the immediacy of the situation, to keep you from looking back and say, well, God, what does God require right here? The enemy's going after you like that. I experienced this this week. Pretty hardcore. I'm going to be vulnerable with y'all. All right? Um, this week, something happened, man, that challenged me. And I didn't, I didn't quite step up to the challenge as correctly as I'd like to. You see, somebody physically and um, verbally confronted one of my kids, one of my little grandkids, right? An adult. Scared my, grand, my grandchild completely to where my grandchild tried to flee the scene and get away. When news got to me that this just happened in real time, and that I was literally right around the corner from where this took place, I didn't look back. God, what would you have me do? I didn't look back, man. And I apologize for that, and I've, 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 I repent of that. But I took off, man. Right? I went looking for this person. And I found this person. And I, and I didn't... I didn't um, Ask, what would Jesus do? I didn't look back and ask you, what would you require, Lord? I wanted this person to know that this is not acceptable. I didn't put my hands on the person. You are like, dang, what'd you do? I didn't put my hands on the person. And I used a stick. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. See? Already, some of you are like, I knew it. Just do it. Do it. No. It's not where I'm going with this. All right, I, I, but I, I, uh, I just confronted this person. I want this person to know again. Like I said, this is not acceptable. This is the wrong person. 
to be messing with. And right now you're probably thinking, that's not a problem. And I agree. That's not, of course, yes. If you put your hands on my family, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best to take them off, period, right? I don't see a problem with that at all. But what happened was, as I approached this individual on the side of the road, and I started just talking and looking, I didn't blow off cuss words or nothing like that, just came at that person kind of crazy. The person real started to realize, okay, messed with the wrong kid. But there were other people standing by that started to get scared as well. And they had nothing to do with this person or me or the situation. And I started realizing how this person made my grandkid feel. I might be making these people feel. And then it hit me. And I had to start apologizing and repenting and the, the police arrived and got handled correctly. All right. And, I, and I'm telling you that, man, because I am convicted and I've been looking behind for years at this one verse right here in James chapter one, verse 20. Check it out. He says, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. All right. I've been looking at that verse for years, and that verse has helped me in so many situations. But I didn't look back, and I almost lost my footing. And at that moment, I, I realized that I needed to go away and pray. After the police handled the situation, I went away and prayed, hung out, and just kind of prayed and asked God to, to lead me and restore me. And then... It wasn't until the next morning I called a spiritual father in my life. Call, called him up and told him what happened, and I needed him to pray with me. Why? Because James chapter 5 also says this. I looked back and I recognized this. Therefore, cons confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. You may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power, and it's working. And I let... I, I, I submitted to my, 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 my spiritual dad. A spiritual father is somebody in your life that you kind of want to be like. <laughs> and so I called him up and I just said, look, man, I need you to pray for me. I confessed everything and, and he led me in a prayer of repentance and faith and leadership and restoration. And it was exactly what I needed. And we keep looking for the path of least resistance when this life is in Christ is constantly met with huge resistance, right? This life that we're trying to live out, that we are actually empowered by his Holy Spirit to live out, we sometimes forget to look back when this resistance, you know, it confronts us, man, and, 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 and we look for the path of least resistance, which at that point for me was get in the truck and blast, find this person. That was easy to do. The harder part was to look back. So I get it. No one wants to move backwards, right? I don't want to move backwards. That's why we need to take a look back so we don't fall back. And that's why Peter right here is reminding us to stand firm. We need to stand not only for ourselves, but also for the church and the witness of Christ in the world that is getting farther and farther away from Jesus. Amen?
All right, I just want to make sure you guys ain't going to walk out on me right now. I can't believe you. I can't either. I get it, man. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to make too much of a joke of it, but you know what? It was rough. And I appreciate your forgiveness, and I appreciate your love and your prayers. Don't mess with my grandkids, okay? <laughs> All right, help a brother out, all right? <laughs> Praise the Lord. First Peter chapter 5, verse 13, all right? He, 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 he takes it even further. And here's, here's a crazy verse. And when you look at this, you're like, okay, I'm just going to pass this one by, all right? She who is in Babylon, who is likewise chosen, sends you greetings, and so does Mark, my son. Let's leave that up there for a little bit. She who is at Babylon, okay, here, here's what we're recognizing. Christ is telling us, look back so you don't fall back because you're, 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 you're taking Christ into a world that is further, that is getting further and further away from Jesus, amen? We know this. And so Peter, all right, this is nothing new. He's writing this 2,000 years ago. He's writing from a place, from Rome. He's not actually writing from Babylon, all right? But it was a derogatory, you know, term uh, describing Rome. All right, because, uh, you know, uh, you know, throughout the people, Bible, throughout the scriptures, you'll see that, that, that Babylon always references, at first it physically referenced it and then spiritually references it. And you see it in Revelation a lot being brought up that it references, all right, uh, a care, you know, it's basically a characterizes a culture that is, that is, you know, dead set against the purposes of God. All right, an advanced society, all right, that is continually glorying in pride, power, prestige, and personal pleasure. All right, kind of like where we're at now, our world today. And so when he's saying she who is at Babylon, he's speaking of a church that is literally in the midst of Rome, all right, surrounded by all of that craziness. Yes, it is advanced, an advanced society, but it is also very, very dead set against the purposes of God. And like I said, it's kind of like the world we live in today. Now, to be fair, man, there's, there's, there's a lot to appreciate about an advanced society, right? We take advantage of technology all day long. We're all about that. I get that, and that's a good thing. We can, but, but, but you know what? In the midst of this culture, we sure could appreciate something a little more safe, maybe a little more comfortable, right? Maybe a little bit more home-like, a little less volatile. You see, we always try to go back when we look back at, at yesterday and how things used to be, the way things were, right? Why can't they always, why can't they be the same? Why can't we get back to that? We look at the 50s, the 1950s, and you look at faith in the 50s and the 40s, and you see this huge faith, this homogenized lifestyle that's taking place, man. You see, you know, back in the day, man, people could talk about Jesus no matter where you were. Nobody raised the flag. Hey, wait, no, Jesus, no, don't say that. Nobody did that politically, you know, socially, you know, uh, at work, you know, no, nobody did that. It was, you, know, you could talk about Christ. I remember when I was applying for jobs as a kid, this is going to tell you how old I am, all right, that there was a box on the application that asked if you were a Christian. And I, you remember those? Yeah. I, so me and you, the old timers, brother, we got this. We're the only ones that are admitting it anyways. All right. And so I, I remember this man, you know what I mean? And, and you know, there's this, there's this, you know, faith was the forefront of society, right? Life was a little slower, right? And we look back and we go, man, I wish, you know, everyone agreed on what life was about, you watch TV shows and you see this wholesome atmosphere. 
lifestyle. For a long time, uh, Ricky Ricardo and Lucy slept, slept in separate beds. You guys are crazy. That's why you get married. <laughs> it's like one of the funnest parts about being married. Anyways, um, so sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, man. That was like, man. All right. Let's get back to this. All right. Everything maybe was a little simpler, right? Everything was a little simpler. But you know what else was simple? Religious pride. Um, fake devotion. As it is today. People wanting to be more seen as more spiritually engaged as they actually were. Everybody went to church. You want to know why? Because everybody went to church. That was it. Right? That was, that was, that was the social norm. There was greater social pressure to be in that cut. And Dave Kinnaman, he says, you know what? That, that pressure has all but evaporated. And people seem to be very, very hard-pressed to bring it back, all right, to get back to the way things were. And I don't know if that's even possible, man. And, you know, here's my question. Are we trying to, when we look at the way things were and we see how things are, are we trying to create this subculture, all right, where we're preparing ourselves and our children for a world that no longer exists? And what are we going to do about that? I, for one, and I believe many of you here are more about living in a world that calls us out when we pretend, all right? And that keeps us and our faith sharp and sure. We're the church, man, that is in Babylon. She was in Babylon. I believe that's us. We're the exiles, all right, the people who are not satisfied with the way things used to be, who are not satisfied the way things are, but are committed to make things better, amen? Our job as we receive and become the church is, is, to, is to get it and, and, and give it in better shape to our children than it was when we received it. Not saying that they didn't do a great job. They did what they could, and now it's our turn to do the same. And we're going to give it to them and they're going to do the same. We're going to hand it to them and they're going to make it better because the world keeps turning. It keeps changing. I'm not saying we have to change with it. I'm just saying it's a great opportunity to create culture when you live in between two cultures. It's a great opportunity for the church to create culture. So I'll ask you this question again, a little more refined this time. How can we use the experience of yesterday, good or bad, to prepare us today to step into tomorrow, into tomorrow with purpose and intention? You see, we, we're, we're born, all of us are born from, from pioneers and engineers, we're born, we're, we're a community of people that have been born in, in this nation and country, all right? From, we're born from pioneers and engineers. I don't care where you are, you know, Native American pioneers and engineers, American Native pioneers and engineers, all kinds of different people who have come from different countries. We've, we're all together here and we are creating as we go. We are paving the way, pioneers are paving a way where there was no way. Engineers who are creating things out of, out of things, that, things that didn't look like they were they can make anything. Remember before, back in the day, you don't remember this, but back in the day, all there was was dirt, rocks, plants, and animals. And somehow we've come up with just crazy stuff. 
out of the dirt, all right, the plants and the animals. How did that happen? Pioneers, engineers, creators. It's not, on, it's not up to us to stop creating now. It's up to us to recognize that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to create way more than anybody could ever imagine. Amen. Come on, I'm gonna tell you right now, all right? If, if I try to put, you put a basketball in my hand, I'm worthless with it. I'll sit on it, all right? I'll hold it, and then I'll just give it to somebody, do something with that, all right? But if the Holy Spirit says, I'm gonna fill you with my spirit to play basketball, what kind of basketball player do you think I would be? Okay, come on, man. We have given, we've given the power, the presence, all right, of God's Holy Spirit and the purpose and intention of God Almighty to change the world. <laughs> we need to get about this. Own the position. Don't just claim the title. And so I'll ask you again, a little bit more, even more refined. How can we use yesterday to prepare us today to step into tomorrow with purpose and intention? All right, how can we do this? It is time for us to turn the world upside down again. Amen? Come on, man. Instead of trying to get things back to normal, we should be asking questions that lead us, the church, that lead our families, that lead our community, and that even lead the world. Questions like what now? What do we do now? What about this? How do we move this forward? And I will give you a quick, really quick answer. It's going to blow you away. It's not very, very hard. Um, how about together? Amen? It's time for us to turn the world upside down again. So what are we going to do about this? Right? What are we going to do about this? He gives it to us in one sentence. Check this out. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 14. Let's put it up there. Like there's a lot said in just these little words. This is like a, a, a final greeting. Greet one another with a kiss of love. I want every one of you right now to kiss the person that you don't know. Next, Just kidding. Just kidding. You're like, wait, 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 what? This is our first time here, man. This, I, you guys, wait. All right. No, <laughs> no, actually, the pastors are going to come around and kiss all of you. Um, just, just let them. Just, just kidding. Don't do it. <laughs> Greet one another with the kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. Greet one another with the kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. We, we have, he's telling you basically right there what to do and how to begin to lead this way forward, how to begin to turn the world upside down or right side up. We're going to talk about that next week. He begins with greet. I want to challenge you to reach across the room, to reach across the room, man, to greet one another. We're going to, you know, we're going to know each other for eternity, so we might as well get started now. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I see you. You're going to be up there in heaven. You're going to be like, I, do I told you to see that person in church. I never said hi. Let's just go over here. All right. <laughs> and we're going to hang out. Yeah. And, you know, if you try to avoid that for an eternity. I don't think it's going to happen. All right. I want you to reach across the room, man. We have to stop talking about it and stop 
you know, just claiming the title to start owning the position of one another. And he says, with a kiss of love, basically, let's just go deeper. We need to go a little deeper in each other's lives. And we need to start loving each other. Not the kind of love like how much, maybe some of you might really, really like the outfit you're wearing. I really love this outfit. I really love this shirt. I love these boots. These are my favorite boots. All right, they kill my toes because they're still toes and not quite wide enough, but I love them <laughs> so much, man. <laughs> I got calluses on it. My toes look like... Never, Debbie does not like me talking about my toes. She's not here. So check this out. My toes look like... She'll be here next service, so I won't say it. Anyways, it looks crazy because I love my boots, but where were we going with that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the kiss of love. We need to go deeper with one another, man. I mean, a deeper love for one another. But if you don't walk across the room, you're never going to learn how to love the people on the other side of the room. So you walk across the room. You greet one another. All right? And you go a little bit deeper, man. You invite them into your house. When they invite you into their house, go to their house, man, and let's move beyond the acquaintances. I want you to greet one another. Reach across the room with a kiss of love. Go a little deeper in each other's life. And then he says, peace to all of you who are in Christ. Peter is a man. He's not Jesus. And he's trying to give us peace. He's trying to share his peace with us. All right, now this is possible for us to be peace creators, to create peace. The scriptures, Paul says this. He says, live, you know, he was, how did he say that? You know, as far as depends on you, live at peace with everyone in the body. As far as it depends on you. I love the conversation that my daughter and Pam were having here a while back. I mean, a few years ago, maybe five or six years ago, when they saw somebody walk in, they're like, what is that person doing here? And then they looked at each other and said, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know what kind of problems you might have with other people in this room, but Christ already died for those problems. So greet one another. Reach across the room. With a kiss of love, go deeper. This is peace to you. Let's be peace creators. And I'll ask you this last time. Actually, I'm going to challenge you. I'm not going to ask you. Let's be the ones who use yesterday to prepare us today to step into tomorrow together. Amen? All right, man, your turn. Praise the Lord.